Here we go. One more, one more Dominion Sonship live coming to you. Thank you for joining us today and continuing in Hebrews chapter 11. And today we'll be talking about Noah. We'll be talking that the walk of Noah really demonstrates that w- the walk that we now have as believers in the Lord Jesus Christ in this world, in this perverse generation, in a world that seemingly has no desire to know God, and yet everyone's heart is crying out for God. And so we are on a rescue mission. We, in the body of Christ, have been placed on earth as a rescue operation, the way we have been ransomed and rescued from the snatches and the the grip of Satan and death. We now are ambassadors of Christ on earth, and we now have been given this ministry of reconciliation, such as that that Noah had. And now a ministry of reconciliation that is of God, that is of Christ, is, is through this, this divine inspiration of the Holy Ghost within us. We cry out, be reconciled to God. Be reconciled to God. So let's go to Hebrews chapter 11, and we focus on verse 7, and we'll see how the Lord leads us from thereafter. The title I have is Things Not Seen. Things not seen. We are, of of course, talking about faith. But really, beyond that, the core of it, we're really talking about the Word of God. And this, this is something that is very dear and precious to my heart, but really not only to my heart, because His Word dwells within me mightily, but also it will be to any believer's heart, because this Word of God is our safety. This Word of God is our safe harbor. It is the tower that we run in. It is our fortress. It is our affirmation, confirmation. It's our identity. It's our life. The Word of God is our life. And so, We know that the hearing of truth, which is the word of God, is producing this eternal, eternal persuasion that we call faith. And in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1, we see the definition that the rite of Hebrews penned by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit that we have been really uncapping through various examples and looking through even uh, last week we looked at Daniel, um, we have looked at Abraham. And so today we'll look at Noah. But in Hebrews 11, 1 says, Now faith is the substance, there's a tangibility of things hoped for, of things hoped for. And we know faith comes through the hearing of the Word of God. And so when we are hearing the Word of God, there is a hope that is arising in our heart that Peter calls living hope. This living hope Paul writes in Romans, does not disappoint. Why does not disappoint? Because it has substance. It's coming to pass. It's coming to be. And we see the prime example is Father Abraham, that against all natural hope, he hoped. Because he heard the promise of God that birthed this living hope that brought forth faith, that against all hope, in hope he believed. And so I'm not talking about wishful thinking. I'm not not talking about, um, I hope it will go well for me. This is about a divine assurance of you knowing it will go well for you. 
Because you're born of God, you're God's. And so what is faith? It's substance of things hoped for. It's this living hope that we're holding on to and not letting go. Not being persuaded away from this assurance that we had in the beginning. And faith is evidence. It is evidence of things not seen. And thus my title is Things Not Seen. Which is telling me that nothing in the scene would demonstrate to me this living hope. Actually, on the contrary, because we know we have an adversary called the devil, who is the accuser of the brethren. We touched upon that a little bit last week. He comes to accuse, and, and we looked at in the book of Revelation, chapter 12, verse 13, was it? Or verse 11. How did we overcome this accuser? We overcame him by the blood of the Lamb. We talked about our divine salvation through the blood, that we now have a pure conscience before God, and so accusation can't stick on us. When you have a pure conscience because of the blood of Christ, not because you've done it all perfect, you have an ability to withstand every accusation because you know it's a lie. It's a lie. It's a lie. Oh, I don't like lies. I'm not going to believe lies. Well, if we're not walking in the purity of this conscience that the blood has purged, we won't believe a lie. I'm not going to make it. I won't have enough. I'm barely making it. I don't have enough. I'm falling behind. I'm losing my way. I don't feel loved. I feel so unworthy. I'm a sinner. Sin, 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 sin is my portion. What a lie from the pit of hell when the blood has made us right that we are now standing before him. Ephesians 1, 4 says, in love before the heavenly throne, before our heavenly, pure, holy God, in love and in his sight we are blameless above reproach. What kind of a power does the blood of Christ has over one's life? to never be in condemnation, to never take the lower realm of human existence under the dominion of Satan. We are now born again. We are now born again. We are now born again. We had to be born again because there was no other saving to the human flesh. Human flesh is doomed to destruction. It's full of corruption. The very nature of the flesh is against God. We had to be born, regenerated by the Holy Spirit. I know, I know, I have spoken it. Uh, many times in, in these sessions, in my teachings about being born again, and it just seems, it, it's, it, it, I want to emphasize it more and more and more because when we recognize that we are born again at that moment, we're totally separate from the dominion that's found in the world, which is of Satan. We can't be, we can't be put under his footprint. Actually, he is under our footprint in Christ. How does he want to lord it over us? Through condemnation, through accusations, 
He is the accuser of the brethren. And so here we saw how we overcame him by the power of the blood, right? And then by the word of their testimony, I am born again. God loves me. I'm born of God. I've overcome the world. If God be for me, who can be against me? This word is your testimony. This word is your life. And then, not shrinking back. They did not love their lives to the death. And so we spent a bit of time uh, last week on it. And that's what fate looks like. Fate looks like a total victory, a pure dominion. Fate looks like a triumphant walk in Christ, the champion of champions. And so let's go to Noah. We looked at Abel that gave him all excellent sacrifice and this is how we come into the kingdom of God is through through laying down our life because he laid down his life and so we now live as a living as a living sacrifice unto God that's Romans 12 and then we move from there to to Enoch who demonstrated now that we are of God that we're no longer to know ourselves after the flesh carnal man but we like Enoch not now walk with God and are no more to the world, so to say, that in, in Enoch's case says that by faith, Enoch was taken away so that he did not see death and was not found because God had taken him because he had this testimony. He pleased God because he walked by faith. And so we spend a bit of time on, on Enoch and that we have passed now from death to life that Jesus tasted death for us, so for all for all, so we don't have to. And then we looked at an expression of, of faith and going back to two weeks ago. And so now here we are by faith, verse 7. Noah being divinely warned of things not seen. By faith. By faith. It's amazing that by faith he was warned. Faith is a safekeeper. Faith is not something that you want to drum up to gain something in the world. Faith is your escape out of the world. The world being filled with the lust of what? The flesh, the eyes, and the pride of life. Faith is your escape out. You're safe. How? Through this divine working of faith. Grace was given to you. Because you could never by work save yourself. And so now by faith, God is warning Noah. Noah is hearing the voice of God. And the voice of God is bringing forth a propelling action. And as he acts it out, that's what faith is. It's, it is the working of faith that is producing a saving to his really generation, his lineage, which was really part of the lineage of Christ. By faith, Noah being divinely warned of things, of what? Things not yet seen. The message is things not seen. 
Things not yet seen. I love how here as he builds this case for faith and really the way uh, the Holy Spirit is using it because it's, it's, it's a heavenly materiality. And so the way the Holy Spirit is communicating faith is through a demonstration of human life. It is for a demonstration of a testimony that physically walked earth and overcame in obedience to, to hearing an unseen and intangible of the natural voice, an impression of your heart, an inclination of the heart that produced a conquest, that produced a victory, that produced a, what did it produce? A continuance of a divine seed to Christ could be manifested to destroy the works of the devil. A continuance of that God divine seed. And so you and I today in faith, same as Noah, are a preserving agent to our generation. We are preserving this divine seed as we yielding and heeding to the voice of God for the next generation. It's an eternal life carried through human vessels. Faith carries the very word of God and is moved to bring forth a manifestation of, of this divine reality of God's existence and God's love and God's mercy and God's patience, how patient God was even with Abraham, with Jacob, with all of us, with Desi Schneider. Just because we choose to believe his word. And for me, it's that he first loved me. While I was yet a sinner, he died for me. And so by faith, Noah being divinely warned of things not yet seen. And that's what faith is about, something not yet seen. You hold on to it, but you will see it. But it hadn't yet been seen. And so because you haven't yet seen it, don't give up. To know it wasn't yet seen. And we know in the case of Noah, it had never rained up until that moment. So what was the worrying? It was that God was going to destroy a wicked, wicked people. That God repented for having made man. That's in, I don't know, I'm not going to read the whole story of it, but you can go and that's in, in Genesis chapter 6. But bring about a flood. It had never rained up until that moment. It had never rained. Has God said something to you that has never happened before? <laughs> has God said something that you haven't seen yet? And here comes the devil. It's never happened before. Who do you think you are? You better resort to the works of the flesh. Just go on with the crowd. Just blend in and shut up. You've not seen this before. And that's where many let it go. That's where, you know, only, only two came out of the 12 that were sent into the promised land. Only two came out with a report of the Lord. They did not waver, Joshua and Caleb, because they were of the spirit of faith. Had not yet been seen. How can God destroy the Malachites and the Anakites? 
the giants of the land. Don't you know we're like little grasshoppers? Hop, hop, hop. Better hop away from those giants. They've been done before. How can we live in houses we never built? How can we drink from wells we never dug? Never been happened. But that is how, that's what qualifies you to be in the chapter of faith. It's when you act on something you haven't seen. Because what is faith? It's evidence of things not seen. Your evidence is that which you believe. Your evidence is because you believe the word of God. What's your evidence that you're going to make it? What is your evidence that you are coming out of this moment? Well, for me, this really, this year has been Romans 8.31. If God is for me, who can be against me? Together with so many more verses. And this is how Noah walked in a generation that was so wicked that it made God sorry for having made man who was in his very image and likeness, whom God gave dominion, whom God gave a mandate to, to expand, to expand, to replenish the earth. To procreate. God repented that action of his. Because of how wicked man had become. And yet, what happened with Noah? He found grace. 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 What mercy. It's right here in, in Genesis 6-8. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Do you know you and I in Christ have found grace in the eye of the Lord? You and I today have a right standing before God because of a finished work of a sacrifice that we could never sacrifice ourselves, the very body of Jesus, the very blood of our Savior. And so by no, by faith, no, being divinely warned of things not yet seen. What did faith do in this moment? Moved him, moved with godly fear, moved with godly fear and prepared an ark for the saving of his household by which he condemned the world. Faith is a condemner to sin. And that's what why? Because they did not believe. Well, let me finish here for the verse first. And became heir of the righteousness, which is according to faith. This action, this action of faith that was spurred, there was, there was this reverence towards the word of God. A reverence to the voice of God. A diligence to hearken unto the voice of God produces a godly fear, produces a submittedness to my man, to my, to my person man, to the voice of God. I bow the knee to the voice of God. I, I revere his voice is most holy. His voice is above all. His voice is my life. And when I hear his voice, I heed his voice because his voice voice is alive to me. 
And though I might not see nor fully understand what he's communicating to me or why he's saying what he's saying, I want to always move by the instruction of God because it's always producing a saving for my household. See, it's not just, it's not just you singularly, but you're part of a bigger picture. The body of Christ, your place in your neighborhood, in your neighborhood for a moment such as now, your place in a job site for a moment such as now, you're, you're part, you're part of a grouping that God has placed you in. A preserving agent to be a salt and a light. And it, he became heir of righteousness, and that's why he's in this, in this faith chapter. Righteousness speaks. The blood of Christ speaks what? A better word than that of the blood of Abel. Mercy. Forgiveness, he speaks over us. Righteous in his sight. In John 3, in John 3, so what we just read that when he acted by faith, Noah, he condemned the world. And so here, if we go to John 3, verse 15. Whoever believes in him that is in Jesus should not perish but have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only, only, his only, his only begotten son that whoever believes, he was not one of, he didn't have like 20 sons. Like, you know, the least I can just, just, just you go. You just go. You just go, boy. I'll keep my other 19. No, his only begotten son because his love is solely for us. His love is solely for us. All of his love is solely for us. What a generous, lavish God. He gave his, his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God did not send here, did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. He who believes in him is not condemned. Noah was not condemned because he believed in the word of instruction. But he who does not believe is condemned already. And that's how by faith he condemned the world because they refused to believe the instruction of Noah. And Peter calls Noah a preacher of righteousness. They refused to believe the message of salvation. That God so loved the world that he has made a provision. You don't have to sin anymore, provision. You can live a life in submission to his perfect will for your life called repentance. But those who did not believe are condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. And this is the condemnation. How appropriate for Noah's time. This was the condemnation that the light has come into the world and men loved darkness. Isn't that what he talks about? Men loving wickedness, being so wicked in, in Genesis 6. They love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. For everyone practicing evil hates the light and does not come to the light, lest his deeds should be exposed. But he who does the truth 
comes to the light. And that's how, that's how Nor found grace. Comes to the light that his deeds may be clearly seen that they have been done in God. And we can clearly see that Noah's deeds were done in God. They were done in God. And so that's how, going back to how did Noah's fate condemn the world? Noah didn't go around condemning people. <laughs> it was his righteous action that submitted to the voice of God out of a pure zeal to please his heavenly master. So you don't have to condemn anyone. You don't have to condemn anyone. Your righteous actions are speaking volumes. And there really are possibilities of an entry into the kingdom of God to all those that look at your actions. They have a choice. Just as you and I had a choice to be born again, to come into the kingdom of God and be a partaker of divine nature, which is a righteous nature. And so we too now are heirs of righteousness, which is according to faith. Let's go to First Peter. Actually, before uh, you can go there, I just wanted to look at that word in Hebrews 11. I took a snapshot of it this morning. That no being by faith, no being divinely warned of things not yet seen. That word divinely warned of things not seen actually um, moved with God. The word is godly fear, moved with godly fear. That word godly fear is in the Strong's Greek Strong Concordance 2125, and it is to be cautious, anxious, cautious, uh, reverence, irreverence. And the word study of that word is really neat. It is showing pious care. Noah showed pious care towards that which God spoke to him. Reverent circumspection. Reverent circumspection. You see, when we hear the voice of God, that voice brings forth an ability for us to see our life in true light. And when we see our light in the inclination of our heart in his light, in this revelatory moment, we can then judge ourselves in that light. And walk circumspectly before God. Because in his light, I see myself. And I can make these adjustments to line my life with his instruction, with his warnings, with his word. And I really love that word that, that he, he moved with godly fear. He moved in reverent circumspection he wanted to oblige his heavenly father he wanted to 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 bring a a submission of his of his personhood to god he wanted to just like abraham to walk circumspectly before his god to walk before god as enoch he talked here about um Enoch, of course, walking with God and being no more, but Noah, regarding Noah, God says the same. That in verse 9, chapter 6, this is the genealogy of Noah. Noah was a just man, 
perfect in his generation. Noah walked with God. Noah walked with God. Circumspectly, Noah walked with God. Let's go now to Peter. First Peter 4, 7. But the end of all things is at hand. Therefore, be serious. Walk circumspectly. Be serious and watchful in your prayers. And above all things, and above all things, have reverent love for one another. For love will cover a multitude of sins. Be hospitable to one another without grumbling as each one has this is it. As each one, this is how we walk before God. As each one has received a gift, minister it to one another. As good stewards, as good stewards, no one wanted to be a good steward of the manifold grace of God. Because he found grace in the eyes of God. He wanted to know one to be a good steward. Of the manifold grace of God. Just like you and I, Peter is instructing, instructing us in the same manner. Have this reverent submission to God. Steward his grace well. If anyone speaks, let him speak in the oracles of God. Don't go gossip. Don't go gossip. Don't go gossip. God is overhearing our conversation. Don't go grumbling. How many gossiped and grumbled against Noah? They mocked him. They were the scoffers. And we also know that in this last hour, there will be many scoffers who will mock and say, when is he going to come back? When is Jesus going to return? Peter writes about that as well. If anyone speaks, let him speak as the oracles of God. If anyone ministers, let him do it as with the ability which God supplies. It is no longer you who, who does these powerful demonstrations of God. But it's according to the ability that God has supplied. It's Christ in you, the hope of glory. It's the sufficiency of his spirit. That we now, we now what? We are now ministers of a new covenant. Oh my, of the Spirit. We have the Spirit supply. Let him do it with the ability that God supplies that in all things God may be glorified through Jesus Christ to whom belong the glory and the dominion forever and ever. Amen. Do you know you out of your human effort cannot bring glory to God? Do you know the works of the flesh cannot bring glory to God? I gotta be a good Christian, a good Christian. I gotta be a really good Christian. What does that look like? What that looks like is yielding your life to the good one that lives within you. Allow him to demonstrate his love towards another, his hospitability towards another, his welcome through you to another. Hmm. Let's go to Second Peter now. Two, Second Peter two, four. For if God did not spare the angels who sinned, but cast them down to hell and deliver them into chains of darkness. We know he didn't spare all that wickedness that was on the earth. That's why in the first epistle, Peter says, these are serious days. The end of all things is at hand we just read. Therefore, be serious and watchful in your prayers. Be found praying. 
to your heavenly Father in the name of Jesus as you yield to the Holy Spirit. For if God did not spare the angels who sinned, but cast them down to hell and delivered them into chains of darkness to be reserved for judgment and did not spare the ancient world, but saved Noah. See how his word is so mighty to demonstrate his message? He didn't spare the ancient world, but saved Noah, one of eight people. You know, we think about, and often uh, for myself, I meditate, that only two came back with a good report when they went to spy the land, Canaan. Joshua and Caleb were the only two out of 12. But then if you take a little bit further, that they were also the only ones that entered into the promised land out of that entire group of people that came, that came out of Egypt, that came with such a demonstration of the power of God. But this is in the same category. What is it communicating to you and me? Don't spectate the world. Don't be found in the crowd of the world. Be separate unto God. Live life. Don't be terrified of God, so to say, in terms of he's going to smite me. But walk in the love of God that produces this reverence to his keeping love. It's about the keeping love of God. That was the warning. The warning was to really a keeping word of God to Noah. He didn't spare the, the ancient world because they refused to. They self-condemned themselves. We read the condemnation is, is already at work because they did not believe the one God sent. In the Noah's case, they didn't believe Noah, Noah, who was a preacher of righteousness, and he was saying, repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. No. They mocked him. It's never rain. What is this thing? Rain. Up until that moment, how was the, the earth? It was watered from, from the ground up like a mist will come up and water the vegetation. It had never rained. And here God says something has never happened. It's going to rain. Not only is it going to rain, it's going to flood. Every hill, every mountain will be covered. Read Genesis 6. It's powerful. And didn't spare the ancient world, but save Noah, one of eight people, a preacher of righteousness, bringing in the flood on the world of the ungodly. Bringing in the flood on the world of the ungodly. Do not be found in the seat of the scoffers. Don't be found in the company of the ungodly. There is a flood of dissipation that is working there. And you don't want to be found in that flood. It is destructive. And turning the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah into ashes, condemned them to destruction, making an example to those who afterward would live ungodly. And Noah's, Noah's moment is our instruction as well. And delivered righteous Lot, who was oppressed by the filthy conduct of the wicked. Look at this. For that righteous man dwelling among them tormented his righteous soul from day to day by seeing and hearing their lawless deeds. Be a righteous one. 
Don't get callous to the sin in the world. Let it bother you. If it's not bothering you, there is an issue. And the issue is come back to the word and let righteousness instruct you. For only righteousness can instruct you in the way of righteousness. Only righteous work can place you on a righteous path. Only righteous revelation can place you in the righteous standing of God by faith alone. Then the Lord, this is it, I love it. Maybe we wrap it up here. Then the Lord knows how to deliver the godly out of temptations and to reserve and to reserve the unjust under punishment for the day of judgment and especially those who walk according to the flesh who walk according to the flesh if you continue to walk in the flesh there is you're going to reap destruction in the lust of uncleanness and despise authority, uh, their presumptuous self-willed, they're not afraid to speak of evil dignitaries, and that word is glories. They're not afraid to speak of glories. How many are cursing the glory of God? God calls them presumption, presumptuous self-willed. They're not afraid to speak evil of dignitaries or of, of glories. Whereas angels who are greater in power and might do not bring a reviling accusation against them before the Lord. And so today, just because you're not seeing what God has said yet, doesn't mean you get discouraged. It doesn't mean that you don't keep standing your ground as Noah did in a perverse generation. It doesn't mean that you don't act out of faith. Because faith is the substance. Faith is the substance of things not seen. Things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. Faith is, where's Hebrews 11? I want to finish reading verse 7 again. But faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. For the elders obtained a good testimony in verse 7, by faith Noah being divinely warned of things not yet seen, move with godly fear. You know how Peter says God knows how to deliver his righteous ones? But you know his righteous ones cooperated with him as well. You see, faith always lines us up with the will of God for our lives. He prepared an ark for the saving of his household, by which he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness, which is according to faith. Amen. We are done for this day. Glory be to God.